Episode 47 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. Are you using this? Righto, team, welcome along to episode 47 of Fitness Behaviour of Bevan James Isles, your monthly podcast on the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along to this month's show. It's, uh, it's, I'm actually recording this the day before Christmas on Christmas Eve here in Christchurch. Uh, I'm actually officially on holiday right now, but I, I was trying to hook up that interview with Gilbert Anoka that I was talking about in last month's show. And unfortunately, just timing-wise, he's a very hard man to get kind of tied down to get an interview with. And uh, so it didn't really happen in the timeframes that I hoped. So, you know, unfortunately, it didn't happen. So I thought, well, instead of waiting, because I'm going on holiday away for a few weeks until late January to get a show out, I'll, I'll get one out this morning for you guys. So, And it's kind of a good time of year to be doing the show that I'm planning on doing today. So I thought that would be the case. Before I get into this month's show, the, the key content of this month's show, I thought that um, I'd just share some thoughts about where I see this show going in the long run. Um, I, I kind of look at this show and, um, I, you know, I get a lot of good feedback on the show and a lot of, a lot of you guys really appreciate the work that I'm doing on this show. And in some ways I think to myself that the month release is a good thing, but also not necessarily a good thing. So it's a good thing in that I don't know if I could create quality content every week if I tried to get a show out every week. Uh, but at the same time, it's a bad thing because you kind of get, to get attention in podcasting world, if you're only releasing a show once a month, you tend to get a little bit forgotten. Uh, this show has done very, very well. I've got a very big size audience and it's uh, done extremely well. Uh, next year, I would like to actually go to a week show um, but in doing that it would be a slightly different format to what I have now so basically once in every four weeks I do a show like the traditional fitness behavior podcast where I you know it would be a, maybe a, a, a subject show where we'll go in depth on a subject and then um, for another two of the weeks in the month I'd like to do interviews with some some leading thinkers on exercise and fitness and, you know, behavior kind of stuff around that. And then I thought ultimately I wouldn't mind even doing some educational based shows as well. So actually teaching you some of the fundamentals around exercise within this. So I'm not exactly quite sure of the format of how I'm going to do it, um, but it is something that I am thinking about doing next year. To be honest, at this stage, I'm not exactly sure when that will happen, but it's just something just so you guys know that I, I ultimately next year I plan to be bringing out more content for you guys um, in this show, and uh, yeah, and hopefully that will be something you'll be excited about, and I'll be able to add more value to your life through the work that I'm doing. So look out for that next year. Um, what else has been happening? Uh, it's pretty much Christmas time, and uh, so yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's a good time of year. I'm going to get pretty much straight into today's show. I've, I've got some emails to answer at the end of today's show, so I'll flip those through to you guys at the end of the show. But other than that, let's get the music on and let's get rolling into this month's episode of Fitness Behaviour. I was writing a press piece a couple of weeks ago and uh, it was my last piece for 2014. And 
you know, when you write a, a weekly piece, you know, you're always trying to think of ideas of what you can write. And I thought because it was the last piece of the year, <clears throat> I would thought I would do a reflective piece. The idea of writing a piece that was about getting you to look back on your year and to think about maybe some of the significant moments in your year. And in the piece, I kind of encouraged the idea of doing a, a top 10 creative expression of your year. And what I mean when I say that is, is the whole idea of creating some form of of hard copy, be a painting, be pictures, be a journal, being something that represents the 10 significant moments in 2014. And the whole idea of this was not that you're just saying the highlights of my year, but to actually say, you know, the, the moments that really identified my year. And, and not necessarily even big things outside of myself, actually things that contributed to my life that I actually felt and had to experience with within my own life. Uh, I, I, the piece I start off and I talk, kind of talk about, if you can you remember 2011 and what were the significant moments of 2011 on a world scale and how that as we move through time, we kind of forget significant moments of each year. So as a part of the end of the year, a really fun project to do is to think about those significant moments in your life and then to create some kind of hard copy of it so that you can have that as you move forward in your life. And there was a kind of a few valuable aspects that would come around doing an, an activity like this. First of all, you would have um, the experience of reflecting on your year and really identifying those significant moments. It was interesting, after doing this piece, my partner Joe and I, we sat down and we really thought about what were the significant moments. We kind of, <clears throat> we tried to limit it to the top 10 of 2014. And it was really interesting, like she lost her grandfather this year and it was a really sad, significant moment. Uh, my book coming out was a big moment for me. Um, you know, she did a race that was really important to her. Our business, she did some great work on our business. Um, I had I joined a band, which was a big goal for this year. So we kind of sat down and really identified what those moments were in our, in our year. And it was actually really cool because there was just the experience of having this discussion with each other made us feel a lot more connected together. And in this piece, I talked about that whole idea of that ultimately this is a cool thing to do by yourself. But it, actually, it's a really fun thing to do with the, the important people in your life. So if you have a family, uh, to sit around with your family and turn off the TV a few nights a week and actually create something like this would be a really fun experience that would help you reflect and learn from 2014. One of the other aspects that I really kind of talked about in this piece was the whole idea of um, that you actually have something that you can keep forever as, as a keepsake of this year. And I, I wrote about how I've kept a journal. I started writing a journal in 1999. So it's now, it's been 15 years that I've been writing a journal. And pretty much 90% of the time, I'll write a journal every night of the week. And uh, it's been really interesting. I don't really reflect back on my journals that often. I don't really go back and read my old journals, but occasionally you will. And it's really fascinating. The thing that I've discovered about writing journals is that's, again, it's a really important reflective tool that I use in my day to day life. But also, when you go back and read your old journals, it's amazing how many memories that reading those words help trigger that aren't written on that page. So I might write about a day, and you get taken back to that day, and you remember there's all these other significant moments that are happening in your life. 
Another really fascinating thing about writing a journal is, is you see how you slowly change in life. You know how how people and priori- priorities and priorities, sorry, uh, and um, you know the activities and, and what's important in your life at different stages in your life. How they slowly shift. It's, it's just a really fun experience to occasionally look back on those things. <clears throat> but ultimately, by having this this record of your life, you you a you create a record, but b it actually helps to trigger a lot more memories and experiences in your life. And that was the whole idea of doing this piece was, you know, as you look back on 2014, what are the top 10 moments of your year? And as you think about this yourself, have a think, you know, maybe you stop and pause this podcast for a moment or, or after you listen to today's show, maybe get a piece of paper and just think about what are those 10 significant moments in your year? It was really interesting going through mine, you know, in some ways I had some really big things happen, and in other ways I looked back at my year and thought, oh, maybe I haven't challenged myself enough this year. So, you know, it's made me really think about 2015 and how I want to evolve myself in ways that I may have felt, maybe not slipped or just hadn't been as sharp in, in 2014. So, so there was real value in doing that experience. And I think that ultimately when we think about... Um, this time of year, the you know, the end of the year, there's a natural tendency for us to reflect and doing tools like your top 10 of the year or to set some goals in the new year are some really valuable things to do. I was teaching in a class the other night and, and I had a concept that kind of popped up into my mind, which uh, often does happen when I'm teaching. I'm not, I'm not much of a pre-planner, very much kind of spontaneous in my thoughts when I'm teaching and um and and the thought was was this when you think back to yourself 12 months ago so think about this within yourself right now so think back this time last year and i know for a lot of you guys out there who are listening to the show right now i know this gets released the day before christmas in 2014 but a lot of you guys will probably be listening to this 5 years from now cuz that's the nature of podcasting but whenever you're listening to this be it you know 2014 or 2015, 16, 17, think back to 12 months ago from now. Now, there are the obvious questions that we'll look about, you know, when you do that reflection of 12 months ago, you know, like how have I grown and and, uh, where have I slipped and so on. But there's a question I used in class the other night that really seemed to trigger the people in the class. And the question was, what excuses have you developed in your life in the last 12 months. Let's explore that question again. What excuses have you developed in your life in the last 12 months? It's a really interesting question to explore. And admittedly, the class that I was teaching was the spin class. And for those who don't know much about group fitness, you know, tends to be that the cycling classes does attract a little bit more of an older crowd. Um, Partly because there's no impact involved. So, you know, when people are young at the gym, they tend to do the high impact classes or the the high intensity, lots, you know, the jumping kind of classes. And as their bodies get older, the the impact's a little bit harder on their body. So they tend to move towards the, the spin class, which is similar type of intensity, but with a lot less impact. So the nature of the workout that with the people in the room tends to be people who are you know, a little bit older, not, not stupidly old, but, you know, just a little bit older than maybe what you get in a high impact class. 
And it was really interesting exploring that question with those people there because when we're working with people who are older, they have an excuse that in some ways is real and justifiable. But in other ways, it becomes an excuse that becomes a real limiter and it's actually not that real. So let me look at it. And what is that excuse? The excuse is age. <laughs> you know, as you get older, exercise does get harder. You know, you you do become more limited in the things you can do around exercise because of aches and pains and, and wear and tear and, and all those types of things around exercise. So as we get older, we do have a genuine excuse of maybe not being able to exercise to certain levels and certain activities that we've done in the past. But then, as we think about this excuse of, I'm getting older, does that excuse become a bigger limiter than what is realistic based on what you can currently do? And this is the thing I was exploring with my class, was, are you using your excuses in ways that are unrealistic, or are taking them too far? Are your excuses actually allowing you to be weaker than you need to be? On both the physical and the mental side of it. So let's 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 take a step back. Let's just go back to the first question. When you think about the last 12 months, what excuses have you created in your life? And, and really think hard about this question. Let's not don't, don't just put it into um, exercise. You know, within your career. What excuses have you allowed to, to come into your career that maybe allows you not to, to, to chase anymore? And I think, that, you know, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I think the thing that I find really interesting is that it seems to be, that something, you know, if we go to the age thing, it's like one of the big excuses we do is we, we allow ourselves no longer to chase that better version of ourselves be it career, be it relationship, be it exercise, be it hobby, be it, you know, whatever that is. And when you think about your career, are you still driven to become better at your career? Are you still aspiring to, to greater heights, to get greater knowledge, to, to face bigger challenges? And if you're not, what excuses allow you to sit in that place. When you think about your relationship, you know, I've talked about relationships on this show many times in the past, is your relationship still something that's that's gaining a deeper love, a deeper understanding of how you two work together, of how the other person works and how you can become better at working with them so that it, it you know, that you, like I, I often think of relationships, in the first stage of relationship, one of the most appealing things about being in that relationships is you want to be a better version of yourself because you're around this person. And over time, that thing tends to get diminished because we no longer try to improve our relationships. So if you are someone who's sitting there and you think about this last 12 months of my relationship, has your relationship evolved to a better place? Or is it not? And if it hasn't, what excuses are you allowing to sit in with your relationship? With, with your weight, with your exercise, are you still chasing? 
are you still trying to be to be a better version of yourself through those things? Have you let little habits slip in? You know, if you if you reflect on the last year, do you notice that actually now I'm having a bit more sweet in my day and I've just let this habit slip in unaware? Or, you know, when I exercise, I don't hit the same intensity that I used to. Or, I, you know, where I used to prioritise exercise, now I kind of miss a few sessions. What excuse do you justify to allow yourself to sit in this place? You can kind of see where I'm going with this. That... W- this reflection of this last 12 months is to really see where you're falling back in your life. Where, where are those areas where you know that you're actually not a better version of yourself, you may have taken a couple of steps back. Once you, once you can see where those areas are and really identify what those slips backs are, then what you're able to do is you can really start to identify what the excuses are that I'm using. And I think there's, 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 I'm going to kind of put a process forward today. So the process we're going to talk about is, first of all, the identification of slippage. So again, think back to 12 months from now. And the areas, and identify different areas of your life. Because you may find that some areas you've actually evolved a lot in. So for example, <clears throat> maybe as, a, as an athlete you've slipped, but in your career, you've really evolved. So in your career, it's like, no, just stay on the path I'm working on. But within my athletic or fitness ability, I've definitely felt slippage. So uh, think about that question in the different areas. And then notice the slippage that you have in those different areas. Once you've identified that, then you want to identify what excuses am I allowing myself or am I using to allow myself to justify the slippage that I've had in that area. So, for example, in the group fitness class I was teaching, I know that when I confronted the age excuse that some people kind of gave me the look that told me, you know what, I'm probably using this excuse to a level that is unrealistic and actually holding me back. So, if you think about the area, let's say you identify something with the relationship and you identify that actually your relationship isn't as a bit of good place as what it was this time last year. So that you won't know that, you know, that it's not. And and maybe you could even identify how that is. So I know because we no longer have shared experience together. And I, I feel we argue more. I feel disconnected to them. I may be looking for outside sources for emotional uh, for my emotional needs and, and even worst case, even maybe even physical needs. You know, there's this, this evidence of <clears throat> this slippage in my relationship. What excuses am I using to justify this? Oh, our relationship is, we've just disconnected. Um, you know, it, it's just comfortable. I don't need to confront it. Um, this is what all relationships are like when they've been together for a long time. My friend's relationship is like this. So these are the excuses that you're using to justify an action. Now, once you can identify these areas and then the excuses you're using, the next thing you really want to explore is, um, are the excuses real? And like I was saying before, around age with exercise, there are going to be some level of reality around excuses when you age with exercise. If you're in your 50s, there's no way you can physically do what you were able to do in your 20s, at least if you'd always been a fit person. 
So, you know, if you, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got something in my throat today. Um, if you, So if you are in your 50s, there is a level of truth to the fact that you are older, so exercise is harder. So as you think about the different areas of your life and you've identified the areas where you've had slippage, then you've identified the excuses that you've had, then you can then look and see, are there, is there some truth in that excuse? Now, sometimes it will be no. Do you know what? Not all relationships are bad relationships. There are examples of good relationships and I'm allowing this excuse to hold me back and if I remove my, this excuse and work on my relationship, my relationship can get better. Sometimes it is yes. Again, exercise age. Once we've identified that, if it's a yes, then what we want to identify is, well, how much of age should be a realistic reason to limit myself around exercise? And then how much of that, those excuses am I, are actually unjustified, are actually untrue? That actually, even though I am in my 50s, I could still be improving a lot more around exercise. Now you can see how this, this process of going through these questions then makes you confront where A, you've had your slippage, but B, how you can evolve forward moving into your next period of your life. And if you were to explore this question of, if I didn't have this excuse, I suppose this is probably the next step in the process, if I didn't have this excuse, what could I achieve? Again, if I didn't have this excuse, what could I achieve? Because the thing about excuses is, what excuses do is, excuses are basically, I'm closing the door on the possibility of me being able to develop myself in this area. So as soon as I say, as soon as someone goes to me, can you go harder with exercise? And I go, I am old. I what I'm basically doing is closing off the idea that I can go to more intensity. Whereas if I can look and go, I have my limits around my age, but I can still push, then I can keep developing myself. If you are uncertain of what your excuses are, but you know there's been slippage, so if we take a step back again and we say, okay, well, I, I, I look at myself musically, just because you guys know I play music, um, and I realise I've slipped back, admittedly I haven't slipped back this year, it's been quite a big year for me for music this year, but but um, but let's say I had, maybe music was still important to me and, and I had felt slippage back, and um, but I can't really identify what the excuses are. Some good little tricks to really be aware of is to notice the self-talk you have in that area and also to notice how you talk about yourself to others in that area. So when someone suggests some exercise to you, what is your self-talk around that? And, you know, I've talked a lot about this in the past, you know, idea of how do you, um, you know, what do you communicate to your world about yourself that represents yourself to your world? And, and that can be a really good way to help you learn your excuses. And the, and the deeper understanding you can have at your, your excuses, then the much better path you can create moving forward towards your next path. And, and that's where we want to go now. So the first point is, is to really get that great understanding of what the excuse is and what is the driver of that excuse. So it may be that as I'm older, I don't want to look like a fool or, I, you know, I have... It's really interesting, this one, actually. Because I am older, 
and I have a certain level of stature and um, you know comfort and um, you know recognition in the world I don't want to look vulnerable when I'm exercising and actually I'll share an experience as I say this I, I I have this moment myself a few months ago I went to Auckland for a work conference and as a part of it they had um, this this thing called the grit challenge and grit for in Les Mills is is the hardest workout basically and so they had this challenge where they got four groups of four instructors and the, the conference I was at was for the world's leading or at least Australasia's leading instructors and um, and you get teams of four and you had to do this fitness challenge and what they'd done is all around the world they had um, the same challenge so they had in Australasia they had it in the Americas and the Europe's in Europe the Europe conference as well so Ours was the last conference, and all around the world they got the best times, and all of these best, you know, the world's best fitness instructors had done this challenge, and they had this time that everyone was trying to achieve. Now, without sounding up myself, one of the things that I've always been successful in my career has been extremely fit. Like, I've always been known, the guy, even in the fitness industry, to be kind of, you know, one of the stupidly fit people. And... You take me back 10 years ago and that challenge got put in front of me. I'm standing up straight away. I'm the first guy up thinking confidently that I'm going to win this. You know, that's just how I thought. And it was based on the fact that I trained 40 hours a week and I was stupidly fit and I always look for the challenge. Well, while I'm still a, a really fit guy nowadays, I'm, I'm not what I was 10 years ago. And when, they heard, when I heard about the grit challenge, I instantly started to have excuses about why, why... I couldn't do it, and B, once I decided I would do it, because I knew I should, um, I was looking for excuses to justify why I wouldn't win, because I have this reputation in my industry of being one of the really fit guys, I have this investment in this reputation of being the guy who others think is really fit, and and surrounded by people who are already, you know, the most of the world people would think are fit, then they look to me and think I'm the fittest, now, not everyone thinks that, obviously, but you know, there's this, there is this kind of persona and reputation that I've built in my in my career around this. So then, when in my late thirties, as I am now, we had this big fitness challenge. Suddenly, I was trying to find excuses on a at first why I don't need to do it, and in the end, I pulled my socks up. I, I realized I was coming up with excuses, and I thought, no, I need to do this because. A, I needed a challenge and it's important for me. Uh, but B, then once the challenge began, I was almost trying to find an excuse to justify why I wouldn't be competitive anymore. So, you know, I would bring up the niggles of injuries that I've had recently. You know, like I have had a bit of a back back throughout this year and that was one of the reasons why maybe I shouldn't push as hard because I don't want to really risk my back. In fairness, my back probably wasn't as bad as I was using as an excuse. So, sure, my back has been funny this year, and actually, right now, I've, got, I've, got, I've actually got a bad back. So, uh, you know, like it hasn't been the best back that I've ever had this year. Uh, but at that moment in that challenge, my back had been fine for a period of time. And sure, there is probably a level of extreme exercise that I need to be careful of as I get a little bit older. But this case, it probably wasn't as much of an excuse that I was willing to use. And the reason was, was because my fear of hurting the reputation that I built over a long period of time. 
Yeah. Luckily, <laughs> um, I did the challenge and my team did manage to win. So that was quite cool. And uh, obviously, I still am kind of an extremely fit guy. But, um, and, and actually, I'm so glad that I didn't allow the excuses to, to become a thing that limited myself. Because in 2014, that challenge was one of the highlights of my year. Like when I wrote my top 10 with Joe a few nights ago, one of my highlights of the year was winning the Grit Challenge because I thrive when I'm under pressure. I thrive when I have to stand up to a challenge. I, 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 I love working extremely hard in exercise. I, I, I loved winning it. I, I, I felt great winning it. I had shared experience with these other three people in my team and we worked extremely hard together and it was camaraderie. It was really cool. Uh, there was an esteem boost. There was confidence. I got so much from doing that experience, but if I had allowed my excuses to limit myself, I would have missed out on all of those things. And the reason the excuse was in my mind was because I was fearful of hurting the reputation that I developed within myself throughout my career. When you start to look at your excuses, that's where you want to go to your next level. Is you really want to think about, why do I use this excuse? Because what we're trying to do when we think about, why do I use this excuse? Is we really are trying to confront what I need to overcome within myself. So in the example I've just shared with you there, the thing I need to overcome is, I can't limit myself because I'm fearful of a reputation that I've built being faded away. Now, as I look at that, that's a much bigger question, isn't it? You know, as I look at that, I think there, there, there's a little bit of me that has to accept that I'm not always going to be the fittest guy in the room. Like, there's no way a guy who's 37 should be able to keep up with a guy who's 25 and who's really going for it. Like, if I were to compete against my 25-year-old version of myself, there's just no way I can beat that because I'm older. And as time goes on, that's going to become more and more of the case. So a part of me getting older with exercise is accepting that I'm not going to be the peak that I was in my past. But I do not want that to be a limiter for me to chase the higher levels of exercise that ultimately I know I enjoy and give me so many rewards on a personal, physical and mental way and life experience way as well. And I can only really identify those things if I understand why I'm using the excuse. So once I've understood, well, once you've understood why you're using the excuses in the different areas, like the one I've identified here, like the, you know, if you like work, why have you stopped chasing? What's the excuse? Why, what, what's the deeper meaning for that excuse? Within your relationship, what, 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 what's been the regression? What's the excuse used? What's the deeper meaning for that excuse? Then the next step is to go, well, if I'm trying to evolve myself in the next 12 months, what do I need to develop for myself based on the understanding I've gained from the excuses I've used? So as I think about developing myself around exercise, one thing I need to do is I need to develop myself to always be open to challenges that are good for me. Because otherwise, I would, you know, the excuse of getting older and not being what I want to be is, you know, one, you know that will limit that. Another thing I need to do is develop the acceptance of not not 
trying to beat what I was in the past and going back to some of the stuff I've talked to you guys about, about measuring my growth from where I am right now and trying to see set bars that are above that. Another thing is, is to take my energy away from me needing to be seen in that light anymore. Like, maybe my energy is much better off putting into developing other people to help them grow themselves and to experience their higher version of themselves, which would be a much more rewarding path to work down as I move forward in my life. So those are some examples of of ways that I can become, you know, if I wake up 12 months from now on Christmas Eve in 2015, that I'll look back on that exercise year and I'll go, wow, I've, I've actually evolved even though I'm getting older. And then I suppose the last step is, so, so again, if we take that step back is, you know, understand the deeper meaning for the excuse and then see about how you can evolve from that. Then plan for the evolution. So that as you think about the next 12 months, think about the actionable challenges that you can put into your life. They're going to show behavior change in the areas that you feel you want to develop yourself. So it might be in the relationship that you actually, you know, that leads to an actionable change where you have quality time with your partner each week where you work on your relationship. It's really interesting. I, I had a client recently who um, was making really big progress with me, but there was one area they didn't want to identify with me. And my role as a coach is to, to push, but sometimes it's not to push because people don't always want to share everything. Uh, but I, I did push a little bit, and it turned out that the relationship of this person was kind of pretty bad. And um, they, you know, they... <laughs> It was it was bad in that they became friends, but they had no intimacy anymore, and it had been going on for a long time. and And this person was really craving those things, and uh, we we did a lot of work, and and it's phenomenal to see the place they're in right now with their partner because they both worked really hard on their relationship. But a part of them being successful in doing this was making this commitment to to a time each week where we reflect on our relationship and how we can evolve it. And just, just that little behavior of setting aside time where you are actually actioning, improving your relationship has had this massive effect on this relationship. It's, it's seriously within like four months. It's been mind-blowing. And, and that's kind of the last step that we're going through here is what's the action plan? Because a lot of these things are great concepts, but change never happens until I take action. So once I understand the deeper meaning and, and how I need to keep evolving myself, what are the actions I'm going to take in the next 12 months to make sure that I am evolving in these areas? If you do this well, then you won't wake up at 2015, this time 12 months from now, taking another step back. Because actually what happens, I don't know if there is a word as de-evolution, um, probably is, I'm not sure, I'm not the most smartest cookie in the, in the cookie jar, but but you will re- regress more because that's the thing. If you've regressed in, in one area of your life in the last 12 months, like if you can honestly say, if you can look at an area of your life and go, I've regressed in this area this year and you allow that excuse to be justifiable in a way that's limiting, 2015, you would have regressed more. And over time, you're falling away more and more from an area that can be massively important to you. And really, I, I see it as our role in life is to be continually evolving our understanding of ourselves so that we become a higher version, 
consciously and physically and mentally and emotionally in, in many important, powerful ways. And that by doing this kind of work, this 12 week time 12 months from now, you'll have a greater understanding of yourself and you wouldn't have just taken the one step, two steps, three steps back that potentially you could have if you allow yourself to sit in your excuses. So how does this all go together? I suppose if, if I'm going to wrap it up, the, the first question is where are you in the different areas of your life in comparison to where you were this time 12 months ago? You know, what, you know, really think about that and, and try to break it down to the four or five areas of your life that you really think are important. If you're evolving, maybe explore why am I evolving and why does that work for me? But if you know you have regressed in some areas, what excuses have you developed to justify and allow the limiting of yourself in that area? Once you've identified those, really, really see as, as some level of this excuse fear and if so how do I work around that and then what levels aren't fear or are limiting from there to then understand a, to a much deeper level why I have this this limiting why, why I am why is this excuse important why, why am I using this excuse is probably what I'm trying to say there then once you have an understanding of that is how do I evolve myself away from this excuse and then I need to make an action plan of actionable behaviours that I will see as I progress throughout the year. If you can do this, like imagine, imagine 12 months from now, you wake up and in you know, the four or five areas of your life that you seem to prioritise, you're more evolved. You're a you have a deeper understanding of yourself. You you know how to sit in your world in a more comfortable, more confident, more powerful way that actually is exciting and makes you get the most out of your life. It's pretty powerful stuff when you think about it. Now, I'm gonna be honest, it's, it's, it's work. You need to work on yourself. You know, it's, it's not just you're going to do this, think about this podcast, go away. You'll, you'll need to, if you want to get the most out of it, you're going to have to work on yourself. And I know this is an area I've been thinking a lot about myself. I look at some areas in my life this year and I go, wow, I've, I've made some massive progress. But in other areas, I've, I'm really comfortable and, and I don't, I'm not chasing anymore. And, and ultimately, I still want to be chasing and I've allowed some excuses to come in. And I know that as part of my holiday period, I'm going to do some big reflection. I've got a board a journal. I'm going to do some some planning, some goals, some growth stuff, so that this time next year, as I sit in front of you guys, as my you know the guys of this audience here, this community, hopefully I'll be a higher version of myself. And ultimately, if you can do that as well, you will become that better version of yourself. Right, guys, that's uh, pretty much this month's show. I've got um, a couple of little quick, quick things to wrap up. Um, first of all, I just got an email here from a girl called Christina, and uh, she was just asking me about kids over Christmas and activities to do for Chris, kids over Christmas, which is kind of a really fun question. Um, uh, 
do you know what? I, I have these neighbours who live next door to me, and they have three young boys. I'm pretty sure three young boys. Um, we, we, we don't really know them that well, but what we do know is that these kids spend all day outside playing sport. And uh, over summer, they've got a swimming pool as well, and over summer, you just hear kids playing all day long. And, and you know what? Even through bloody winter, when any chance these kids have got that outside playing sport... And uh, I know, I love it. I really do. I really love kids who love movement. And, and, and you know, these, these kids are going to grow up to be healthy physical adults because they just, the importance of movement in their life is such an important thing. And there's lots of different challenges we can talk about this. And I'm sure, I think I have done a podcast on this in the past. So maybe look back and, and check out my old podcast because I'm pretty sure I did one on getting kids moving. But over the holiday period, I think there's just a couple of little key points to, to think about when it comes to kids and movement over the holiday period. First of all, gameplay is key. Um, if you've got kids like my next door neighbours, it's, it's actually not that hard. If anything, participate. Get in amongst, you know, not all the time. We know that your holiday is also your holiday. And if you're going camping or if you're spending some time away with the family, um, you know, you don't have to go out and play sport all day with the kids. But to get outside with them and to play sometimes is actually good for you because it's quite fun, gets you moving. If you're having a few wines, it maybe helps you kind of balance out the eating and the drinking that you're doing. Um, but also it's those shared experiences you're having with kids. But if you've got kids who aren't as physically active and it is that holiday period, my advice would is, is game play. Game play takes away a lot of pressure around exercise for young kids. And when we think about gameplay, you want to try to set up gameplay in a way that allows all levels of ability to participate. And what am I talking about here? So so a while ago I did some park workouts um, called Quake Workouts after the earthquakes. And there were these, because the gyms in Christchurch all disappeared, we were very limited on... Uh, resources for exercise in the city so I kind of put these workouts on at the park and they were, they were massive we're like 120 people would come and turn up and do these workouts I was putting together and within those 120 people I had a massive level of ability within those groups of people and one thing that us in the industry tend to do is we tend to try to design workouts that are really hard but I kind of knew based on the people I had in front of me that actually if I make them just hard, I'm going to lose half the people that turn up. So when I designed, the and, and these workouts were a lot of games, so I did a lot of gameplay, but within it I gave options that made it achievable for the different levels of ability. So if you can set up some gameplays where, you know, there might be, you know, you can run, to, if you're, if you're one of the faster kids, you run to cone three, or one of the medium kids, you run to cone one, one of the slower kids, you might run to cone one. You know, you, you kind of can, choose exercise and gameplay in a way that allows everyone to be included to feel they're an important part of their group and to make everyone else encourage each other not in a way that's kind of bringing each other down so i suppose that would be one of my first points is make gameplay make it about fun not competition uh get involved and do it yourself and and ultimately i suppose the only other last point that i'll make to that is with the kids make sure you prioritize energy with them you know being parent is hard or having kids around does consume a lot of energy and sometimes we just want to hop them off to the ipad or to the tv just because it's easier for us and sure having an ipad in their day and having tv is not a bad thing but if that is the majority of their day what kind of habits are we installing in them and it's us prioritizing the exercise the gameplay and those types of things so i suppose if anything 
if you know you're being lazy and just hocking them off because you can't be bothered, maybe you need to pull your socks up. So just a couple quick points because hopefully that helps. Uh, team, that, that's pretty much today's show. Just one thing, it is the holiday season and we do tend to read a lot more. I've got my book out there, The Fitness Attitude. If you are in New Zealand, you can get it shipped to you for free. Um, and there's a link to that on my website bevanjamesos.com uh, also if you've got the Kindle overseas you can get it on Amazon at um, just look up or you go to my website bevanjamesos.com and there's a link to it there actually do that because I get a little bit of commission you don't make much money on books guys I think for my book I think I make about $2 a book so the book was never really about making money but if you do buy it off my website I make like an extra 20 cents on there so oh, <laughs> next year I'm retiring um I've had heaps of good feedback on my book and I'm really, really proud of the feedback. I got a really, I might have said this last month on the show, but one lady told me it's the first book she's ever read in her life and she's like in her 40s and that that really made my day and she loved it too. And, and I've had just lots of cool feedback from lots of people. Um, you know, you've listened to my show hopefully a lot over the years. It's a great way to support what I'm doing and uh, yeah so check it out and hopefully you enjoy it as well if you had enjoyed it can you go onto Amazon and put a review of it on there as well that helps to get it up there um, I hope you guys have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's uh, have time with friends and family and loved ones and, and, and let you hear out and get a chance to unwind and reflect and, and think about 2015 I know for me next year with this show I do want to take it to the next level and I and I will be asking a little bit from you guys next year and doing that uh, if I can achieve what I want to achieve uh, I'll need kind of a bit of support along the way so look out for that next year thank you so much for everything you do and for supporting me um, this podcast is, is an important part of my life A because I the reward I get but B because you guys make me have to think really hard <laughs> and, and I think that's a really healthy thing so anyway you guys have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and I'll see you next month